sing as one for this country we're walking on we stand together to protect this land for the future we're hand in hand welcome to another episode of the environmental as anything podcast we have on the line scott jordan from the bob brown foundation are you there scott uh, yes i am well thank you sorry to hold you for that little bit um can you bring us up to speed with what's happening in the Tarkine and in Tasmania? Well, look, as, as we speak, we've got a whole bunch of people sitting in a, a protest camp in the Sumac area in the, the north of the Tarkine, um, standing in defence of, of these ancient, beautiful rainforests that our state government, along with federal government backing, um, is planning to, to go in and log and, and largely destroy for wood chips. Yeah, I saw a little bit... Of footage from the um, the Senate this week, where one of the Tasmanian senators tried to get um, the Bob Brown Foundation declassified as a charity because the people are protesting for the trees. Yeah, look, I mean, um, you know, uh, Senator Chandler has <laughs> expressed an opinion there. Um, she also a couple of weeks ago um, co-authored a, another motion um, calling on us to abide by the the ruling of the the Fair Work, uh, the Workplace Safety um, Authority in Tasmania, and then rapidly, along with her other Liberal senators from Tasmania, had to withdraw the motion when when the court tossed that um, yeah, illegal and unconstitutional order out of out of the court. Later that, that, that's right. Afternoon. They took you to court, didn't they? And, and the senators were preempting that and assuming they were going to get a win, but the court threw it out. That's right. It was a bit of opportunistic grandstanding, and I, I think we've seen that again from Senator Chandler this week. And um, you know, we, we're not overly interested in what she's got to say. We've got a, a forest here to defend and, um, you know, we, we've got people out here prepared to do exactly that. Good on you. I'll just mention, um, Scott, that in the studio with me is Sean O'Shaughnessy, who may join in the conversation too. So yeah. um, tell us about all your other actions and tell us particularly how people from this end of the country, we're top of north, northern New South Wales, how can we support you? How can we join in? Well, look, uh, through the Bob Brown Foundation, we engage in a whole lot of strategies to, to seek protection of the Tarkine. And so um, for the last four years, we've occupied areas of, of rainforest in the Tarkine that have been under threat. Um, we've, we've been that physical you know, barrier in between the, the, the logging machines and, and the forest. Um, we've also um, run a whole lot of community events and opportunities for people you know, from the communities in the area to come out and, and see the Tarkine and, and learn why why it needs to be protected. Um, just this afternoon, we've, we've hosted two dozen people from the Tasmanian Aboriginal Centre who, who came out here to, to thank us for the, the work that we've done in, in protecting these forests and, and you know, our, our advocacy for how these areas should be both protected as a national park and world heritage area, but also returned to Aboriginal ownership. Yeah. Um, we, we've run these campaigns. Um, you know, we have people from around the country who have joined us on these camps. I mean, these are areas of, of national heritage and world heritage values still yet to be recognised by our government. And so you know, we have people from all around Australia, we have people from the local communities, and we have people from overseas who, who come here to defend these places. And so one thing people can definitely do is, is come and join that 
protest camp out in the forest and, and, and physically be uh, on that front line. But people can also, um, of course, donate through the Bob Brown Foundation's website. You're still um, a charity. They can even get a tax deduction. We, we can still get a tax deduction. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're, we are, you know, we won't preempt how how clear Chandler goes on that, but for the moment, <laughs> you can get a tax deduction. But look, I I fundamentally believe people, you know, want to see this area protected. And they will give regardless of that. Um, but also, the, the other thing people can do, of course, in their local communities is is go and visit your local federal member of parliament, you know, and visit your local your state senator, um, senate representatives in the in the federal senate, and and tell them that that you believe this area should be protected as a, as a World Heritage listed area and that this area shouldn't be logged and certainly shouldn't be logged at the taxpayer's expense like is currently happening. And, and you know, even though they might not be the representative for this area, they, they will be part of making those decisions when they come up before parliaments and when, when you know, their, their party room meets to decide what their policy on this area will be. And so they have just as much a voice... From, from the north of New South Wales is what the Senator in Tasmania does. And so we, we need many voices from around the country advocating. And so certainly go and add your voice to your local representatives and tell them that, you know, you believe this area should be protected and it's your representative, you want them advocating for that. Very good. Yeah, most people in northern New South Wales have uh, have heard of the Tarkine, of course, because it's been going on for a long time now, the, 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 the fight to save the Tarkine. Look, it has. It's been a very long fight. I mean, I, I personally joined this campaign 15 years ago and, and didn't think it would be taking this long. But we, we've been up against the mining industry, the logging industry, and um, more recently the four-wheel drive lobby, um, you know, seeking to be able to continue their, their activities through Aboriginal sites along the coast that are of huge significance to the Aboriginal community. And so there's many fronts in the Tarkine fight, and it's been a long fight. I think the first record we have of anyone calling for this area to be protected was from the, the Archbishop Montgomery in, in 1890, who wanted it protected against wow. the rampant expansion of farmland. And and today what we can see is, you know, um, to get to the Tarkine, you drive through a whole, you know, kilometres of areas that used to be, um, you know, beautiful rainforests, which are now, you know, productive farmland, but, you know, the line has to be drawn somewhere. And so it's, you know... The, the idea that we would log what remains for for wood chip and um, yeah. to be to be burned in furnaces and turned into toilet paper is just you know, obscene and and the fact that you know we are paying as taxpayers in Tasmania on average seventy five million dollars a year to underwrite this loss making industry it's it's you know we have a health crisis we have a hospitals um, you know crisis in Tasmania we've got a housing crisis. We shouldn't be throwing any money into this this dead and dying industry. Yeah, um, yeah that, that needs to move into the twenty first century. We also, with the climate change thing and the need to keep every bit of forest we've got standing. Absolutely, and I guess the the rainforest, the Tarkine, are amongst those southeast Australian, um, you know, cool, cool temperate wet eucalypt forest and cool temperate rainforest are amongst the the most carbon dense on the planet, and so. Yeah. Yeah, we, we need to hold what's here. And um, fortunately, we've had volunteers out on the front line for the last few years making sure that's exactly what happens. Look, I know a lot of people from this area who have gone and participated down there. In fact, I thought we'd sort of won that battle, um, but obviously the, the forces against us don't stop easily. But um, 
I was looking this morning on your Bob Brown Federation Foundation um, website and um, one of the photos there of a woman abseiling up the trunk of one of the big trees. Just the sheer size of the tree is just mind-blowing. Yeah, look, there are some massive trees. Where, where we are here in the Sumac, we've had people in trees defending this area and, and we've got people in trees that are about 500 years old. They're, they're massive giants of the forest and um, it's, it's, you know, you stand below them and, and you realise, you know, that, that this world is a much bigger place than we'd yeah. like to think, but it's also so fragile. Yeah. So, so you, you, you're calling for people to get down there. That must be, uh, a, 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 you know, the most sustainable form of ecotourism uh, available for if somebody was to go and actually visit an area of forest and uh, help to protect it from being destroyed? Look, absolutely. And, um, Tasmanian government must be stoked that you're bringing in uh, a whole heap of eco-tourists. You would think so. Mm. You could almost so. call it just-in-time tourism too. Yeah. Wow. Look, you guys, you guys should be on the marketing board for us. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you're calling for this uh, through, I mean, I'm looking now uh, at your website and also at the, is the Battle for the Tarkine Facebook page, is that part of your campaign? It's not part of our campaign, but it's, um, it's run by an individual who... Okay. I guess, you know, wants to see the air protected as well. So what are we looking for when we go to the Bob Brown Foundation Facebook page if we're looking Bob, for events and, and uh, information on an ongoing basis? Bob Brown Foundation. And, and look, this, this coming week on, on Friday, we'll be running our second Tarkina Ultra Marathon. Right. So last year we had 74 runners came out and ran a 65-kilometre race along the coastal areas of the Tarkine to, to raise money and awareness for this campaign and um, we'll be running the second of those um, this coming Friday and we've got I think over close to 150 runners who are participating in that event and it's um, yeah, generating not, not just a whole lot of funds for the campaign ongoing but also sharing that um, story about what the Tarkine is through that um, ultra marathon extreme sport community. So People can still register for that? I think registrations for the race have closed and you might be a bit stretched to um, train for it over the next four or five days. <laughs> no, no worries. I'll be very stressed. Certainly you can come on down and, um, and sort of watch, watch the runners you know, head off and come back in and um, you know, come out and experience the, the camp here. Uh, Right, well, we've just uh, got the Tacania uh, 2020, uh, Ultra 2020 registration open uh, event. I've got that open in front of me. We're just popping that up onto our Facebook page as we speak. So people will be able to find that event through the Environmental as Anything Facebook page. So, Scott, we've got similar um, battles and, and problems up here, of course. But um, I notice down in your most pristine areas down there, your state government has started um, putting elite tourism spots um, on things like the walk, um, the walls of Jerusalem walk and stuff like that. Have you been affected by that in the Tarkine? Look, not so much in the Tarkine. And um, we, we were fortunate in some ways that very early in the campaign for the Tarkine, we, we were able to work with um, local tourism operators and, and um, parks and wildlife service down here and, and local councils and and work with them with some assistance from the, the, the Howard federal government in the day um, to to develop a Tarkine tourism development plan. And and because all of those initial um, people involved in that weren't weren't big end developers, they were they were hoteliers in the towns around the edges of the 
Turkine in those existing communities who wanted to see people able to come and visit this area and share what it was all about, but, but go and sleep in the established tourism areas and eat their meals and add value to those existing local communities. And so the plan really does encapsulate this idea that we... We take people into the Tarkine for that experience, but we bring them back out onto the towns on the edge and share that economic wealth um, through those local communities. And so what we haven't had is that big, um, high-end, high-money you know, high donors, uh, not donors, developers, dropping yeah. very exclusive projects into the middle of wilderness that we're seeing happening in other parts of the state so far. And so um, we've been a bit fortunate to that, oh, well done. Anything. Yeah, and um, you know, we yeah we see there's a bit of an appetite amongst some of these developers, and so we're we're always on guard, ready for for them to put up their next horrible plan in the tuck line. And and our view is really simple: is that you know the 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 infrastructure should stay on the outside, and and, and you know where it assists those local communities to transition out of out of the destructive logging industry. But the experience on the inside has to remain pure, and that's why people will come. It should be a no-brainer, you know. The, the reason people go there, want to pay money to go there, pay a lot of money if they're an elite tourist, um, is because they want to see it without the people. And so the moment you bring the people into it, you ruin the actual attraction. Absolutely, yeah. And so we, one of the advantages of the dark line is being such a large area, there's multiple points to to go in and multiple places to see and so you don't have this funneling effect that that elite sort of tourism gives where everybody turns up in one spot and, and Good absolutely loves it to death and so mm. we've got a much more spread out um, tourism industry developing in Tarkine and that, that really respects what uh, values are here and why people come to see it and hopefully we can keep hold of that because it's a really valuable thing for us. Yeah, w- wilderness values cannot, by their nature, be uh, be simulated by humans, can they? No, that's exactly right. Scott, this is the first time we've had you join us, um, but we we run every Saturday, with the odd exception when an outside broadcast takes over, which is what's going to happen next week. But um, normally we're here, so if you've got breaking developments and stuff, and even just you know, from time to time, we would love to touch base with you. Yeah, look, absolutely. I'd love, love to be part of the show. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us, and sure. um, we'll do a little bit from this end. No worries. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lister. No Thanks, worries. Mate. Good on you, Scott. And we've put the uh, link to the Bob Brown Foundation Facebook page up onto our Facebook page now, so you can find uh, the links to action events for the Tarkine uh, through the Environmental as Anything uh, Facebook page as we speak. That was very interesting. It's uh, sad to hear the Tarkine still being threatened after all these decades, I centuries. I honestly thought that battle had been won and good sense prevailed. I think at some point it did, and now it's uh, there's been a breakdown, hasn't there? I think that's. Uh, I think there was some some positives. There's but there's been wins, and of course we have to defend our wins. Uh, from uh, further impositions for those who who have no idea. It's, it is a trouble. It is the problem, I think, with uh, the, the defending wilderness is that there's a lot of people out there who see wilderness as being an entirely negative thing. And uh, that's that's the that's uh, the fundamental co- you know uh, conflict I think of, of values that that continues to drive this along. I guess so. We we have heard of that. Well, that perspective, haven't we, with the fires, saying the way to stop these forest fires is to bulldoze all the forests. Yeah, the, the pave the planet movement. 
<laughs> well, it's unfortunate. Well, it's just so thick, really. Um, I don't know how we get across the message that the main, the you know, the best tool that we have in our armoury as far as correcting climate change and carbon dioxide in the air, the best tool we've got is forests. Um, how do you get that conversation happening in one? Yeah. Well, we do our best. I think everybody uh, we know is pushing that uh, that knowledge around the place, and it is expanding. The people who understand that are are uh, growing in number every day. But uh, it's not always about uh, having that knowledge. It's also about uh, being able to resist the temptation to destroy and exploit something for a corporate profit that's i think where it comes to we have human values and needs but corporations simply want profit and uh, i think that's where we find ourselves a bit uh, flummoxed how could they possibly think that way so, well let's well that. we've got to yeah. withdraw that right haven't we we've given them sort of pseudo human status and mm. we basically let them push on even without um checking that what mm. they're doing is good for the society but we've got yeah. to withdraw that at some point and take it back it's like if we invented cars and then just told them to drive wherever they want you know just do whatever you like go and drive around we've, we've got roads for you go off and drive somewhere it's, it's complete madness um i should mention that um a bit earlier on i played um democracy by leonard cohen um because with the happenings in America at the moment, um, democracy is, well, it should be very much on, the, um, on everyone's minds, but I don't know <laughs> if it's really democracy. Whatever it is that it's they do in, in, instead of democracy, it's, it's a strange uh, puppet show that goes on. <laughs> you know, let's, now, let's get the opposition party who is already on their back foot and we'll watch them tear themselves apart in public uh, for six months. And then we'll all kiss and make up and, and say, this guy was really the best all the time. Yeah, we all yeah. support him. We, we, rah, rah, we, we all love him. What we've, a spent, we've spent our war chest fighting each other and we've damaged each other irreparably and uh, now we're going to try and see if we can bring down the actual evil that is uh, cancerously eating away at the heart of our democracy. Uh, oh, look, we've run out of puff. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> what an amazing waste of money, though. Really, like, wow. Surprise. Yeah, waste of money, a waste of blood. Mm. Are you looking for the courage to face the hard facts about our environmental crises? Do you want honest reporting on the global solutions that are at our fingertips? Would you like to know what simple, effective local actions you can take to make a positive difference to the state of the world today? Tune in to Environmental As Anything on 92.9 River FM every Saturday from 2 to 5 for all the news, interviews and analysis you need to make the future you want. For the future, we're hand in hand.